Welcome to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron. And I'm Drew Gilbert. And we have a fun guest for you this week. Very He's here fun. to talk religion with us. So Imagine those two Yeah, things. we didn't think politics was enough for you guys, so we thought we'd cram some religion so at we you. We thought we'd sprinkle a little religion yeah. on top. Yeah. Um, Disclaimer. Um, he does not sit still on his stool. He's, uh, he moves a lot away from the mic a lot, and he was a fantastic guest, but I apologize for the quality of audio you're going to get from this he's, <laughs> He He's a bit fidgety, but we can't say much because one of the two of us at this table is also fidgety. Um, and she's talking have, about me. Has to have a separate for those of you situation, so. um, that weren't sure she's she's talking about me yeah, i'm immature me. and i can't sit still and i have to wear a headset so we so, so we respect me. those who have yeah. nervous no energy, judgment which he does in no spades, judgment but uh but fun guy there so before we get into spiritual matters let's go on With to wth w- of the week would you like to go first um i can go first um normally i i would have gone with yours, but I just felt like let's bring, let's let's bring some bring diversity to the table. Yeah. So uh, Liz Cheney, yep. uh, that would be daughter of uh, former Vice President Dick Cheney, uh-huh. was removed from House leadership this week. She was, she was uh, in third number, in command, I believe, three in the spot. House. Yeah. They tried this once before, um, and they finally accomplished it this week. It is for her. Um, uh, she supported the second impeachment of former President Trump, mm-hmm. um, and she also consistently has spoken out against the claims that the election was stolen from mm-hmm. him. She's She's been very clear on, um, well, let's just call it facts on that matter, <laughs> that uh, she couldn't find any evidence. That <laughs> you were going <laughs> to... You're gonna try to tiptoe around that, that it and you're was just stolen. Like, Facts. Um, so there's that. Uh, she wouldn't go along with the narrative that the election was in fact stolen. Yeah. Um, and for that, but that's that's not my story. It's a tough one. What has happened? Talk uh, to me. Was this today? This has happened. So. Uh, Bush and Cheney, we we know those names. They go together, peanut butter and jelly, except when they don't. So uh, This is like a first. George P. Bush, who would be the son Mm -hmm. of Jeb Bush, Mm -hmm. has come out. He's currently the uh, Texas Land Commissioner, apparently. Mm -hmm. I knew he was on the rise in politics. I didn't Mm -hmm. know where he had landed right now. Um, So he has tweeted, we need leaders in Congress that stand up for conservative Republican ideology, and Liz Cheney is not that leader. Mm -hmm. Um, He says Cheney should be running fire down on Biden, not the president, presumably referring to former President Donald Trump. So, um, he didn't get the memo. You know, the Bush and the Chinese are quite cozy, but now in this post uh, Trump era, uh, Mr. Bush, the younger, has decided that if his star is to continue to rise, the go. best way to do it is to take a shot there at Liz Cheney. So, so look at that. You've just skipped ahead for me. Um, it's fun for me now because politics aren't hard anymore. You mm-hmm. actually don't have to dig a layer deep to figure out why mm-hmm. what was done. Mm-hmm. So I remembered Mr. George P. Bush mm-hmm. running for something. I don't even know if he won anything. Mm-hmm. He won, but when yeah. you mentioned that he spoke out against Liz Cheney, mm-hmm. I knew that he was politically motivated. Mm-hmm. He 
he's going to run for higher office mm-hmm. in Texas. Mm-hmm. And when you poll the voters of Texas, there's two things happening. There is a left blue wave a coming, mm-hmm. um, a la Beto O'Rourke and the like. Mm-hmm. But the right voters are Trumpian right voters. So he actually doesn't win by being an old school true conservative, which is what Miss Liz Cheney is, you which know, is standing for free markets and the principles of the conservative party. And was. Yeah, and his uncle. And technically his dad mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, he doesn't win votes now doing that. Mm-hmm. So if you've expected your um, officials to be genuine anymore, you've lost them because mm-hmm. they can't be genuine and actually get your votes anymore. Right. So he's saying what needs to be said. He may love Liz Cheney. Mm-hmm. We will never know. Mm-hmm. He may vacation with her mm-hmm. in New England on Cape mm-hmm. Cod because they're all a bunch of wealthy jerks anyway. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. It's a dog and pony show. Right. Uh, he's saying this because he, he wants, wants to run for record. higher office. Yeah. And I would like to go on record with my endorsement of Matthew McConaughey for governor of Texas, as yes. we previously discussed. Broken, broken here on the podcast. Give me some of this stuff. So, uh, so yeah. So there's that. The Republican That's Party. That's all it is. It the is Republican a, Party's having a bit of a moment, and Liz Cheney is the most high-profile example of the question of, you know, well, would the party just kind of revert to its pre-Trump era, or would it kind of dig in on the Trump yeah. loyalty brand? Yeah, you see what they're doing. We're seeing that we're digging mm-hmm. in on the Trump loyalty brand, and so... Um, Politi- there are about to be a lot of people who identify as Republicans left out in the cold, including you those with it. very famous last names you, you like Liz Cheney. P- politically speaking, the Republicans nationally are, are really flirting with disaster, in my opinion, over the next decade because they're causing such divisions where a genuine conservative in Liz Cheney, who has the pedigree mm-hmm. of conservatives There's no way Liz Cheney is anything but a Republican. You're ousting her to play the political game, mm-hmm. to try to pander to and a certain clear, segment of your voters. Not too long ago, her star was on the rise. Absolutely. And there was talk mm-hmm. of possibly a presidential run. Yeah. And, then, and so uh, I, we don't know what this means for her future. Mm-hmm. She may go off into a corner and try to lead the uprising against against and you know maybe maybe she'll be a a leader there but um but for now and and she seemed okay with it from the news reports she knew it was coming like right she knew it was coming and i think at some point i think there was not backing down either she made a statement that basically said if this x y and z is what you respect out of someone in your republican leadership then you know what? The facts just are that yeah. I'm not your I'm person I'm not a leader anymore. of that. Yeah. So I can't do these things just to stay in this job. So if you want to take this job, then take this job. Yep. And they did. So yep. there you go. So what's your WTH of the week? So my WTH, um, I don't know if you guys heard about the Colonial Pipeline ever before or not, um, but apparently it's a thing. Famous. Yeah. Famous pipeline. Jen, how often do you get gas in your vehicle uh, on average? About once a week. So I'm probably more like once every two weeks yeah. for, for my amount of travel. Um, you ever have trouble getting gas? No. No. We're quite flush with it here in the United States of America. Yeah. I don't know if you heard. Turns out. Um, we actually have spent the better part of the last decade and a half um, under Presidents Obama and Trump um, kind of getting off foreign oil dependency and mm-hmm. being very American oil independent. And uh, we've not really had a problem in a long time since Mm-mm. really the height of, I guess, the Iraq war under mm-hmm. uh, George W. Bush. Now, I do remember, um, and this is what this week that we're about to talk mm-hmm. about has reminded me of, but after 9-11, I remember my father took us all um, to get 
to get gas. Um, well, your father... And, mo- and most of the gas stations were already running out at that time. Yep. So as a teenager who's already trying to grapple with what's happened in the world, mm-hmm. that was one of, I guess, the first experiences that remind- that made me realize, oh, so yeah. not only is this a terrible day... Yeah, like this in is New gonna York have and for those families, on the but it's going yeah. to affect me. But that's the last time to, that I remember anything like what happened this week. It was a national disaster. So a huge, huge difference between 2001 mm-hmm. and 2021 is, and anyone can do their research. So don't just believe Drew. Go look at our dependency on foreign oil in 2001 and our dependency on foreign oil in 2021. I don't care what team you want to give credit for. Just go look at it. Go look at the numbers. Uh, we don't need foreign oil anymore. We're doing quite well. But the other side of it is uh, someone your father's age had lived the gas crisis of the 70s. Absolutely. Which had everything to do with dependency on mm-hmm. foreign oil. So anyone that was a veteran of the 70s knew mm-hmm. what was about to happen in 2001 because we were still very dependent. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not so dependent anymore. In fact, continue to do your research. Um, we have such a surplus of fuel here in this country right now that a lot of the refineries are just literally like they're shuttered. They're like, hey, we're just waiting for work to do because you don't need it. There's not a demand. So we have hackers get in to the Colonial Pipeline. So shut it down. It looks like my best guess, I don't think they're going to be forthright. Uh, it was probably some ransomware um, where they basically hold you hostage and they say, we're not letting you go till you mm-hmm. pay us. And you typically got to pay us in Bitcoin or something like right. that. Um, they believe they've tracked this to be of Russian origin, but I don't think any of that's confirmed yet. They probably paid a ransom to get mm-hmm. data back. This has happened to a lot of cities and counties and governing bodies and stuff here recently. Mm-hmm. And most of them have insurance policies that cover ransomware attacks. It's happened twice at a smaller level yeah, at yeah, Zach's place of yeah. employment. And so their insurance just covers it. This is mm-hmm. a part of the world that we're in. Yeah. We're connected through the internet and these people get in and they do these things. So they shut it down and um, this happened on uh, on a Friday. So then by Monday or Tuesday, there's a panic and people are, I don't know if you were informed by whatever, I'm going to air quote, news agencies you watch or Ed what. How. Ed Howe. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys are watching too much I Ed logged Howe. into Facebook and Ed had a photo of no gas in Jasper. Yeah. Uh, fear-mongering. Um, so everybody just rushes to the pumps to get way more gas than you would normally get. You're filling up your car when you wouldn't normally have filled mm-hmm. it up. Then you're filling up your gas cans and apparently plastic Quite bags and totes. I saw one of a guy putting them in like, I don't know, like the old butter bowls like mm-hmm. that your mama used as Tupperware. Yeah. And uh, the gas comes out at such a high Betty rate. Crocker did not intend. Well, the gas comes out at such a high rate, it doesn't stay in there. So it's just like <laughs> splashing out. So you just see... I mean, stupid's gonna stupid. There's nothing you can do. Well, about in it. Florida, this is this is legitimate. A Hummer had like five or six of these. Oh, and it went caught on fire, and it burned. To My wife a showed me that crisp. last night, and I'm curious to follow that story. I'm assuming their insurance company doesn't cover this. I, I don't not. think it's a covered loss to put copious amounts of flammable liquid inside your vehicle and then it catches on fire. In a I, I think I think your insurance company has a has grounds to not pay the claim, uh-huh. which means they're probably just gonna be without their vehicle. Uh-huh. Case in point of everyone, if we didn't learn anything from 2020 when all of a sudden you all thought you were going to poop more and bought a bunch of toilet paper. (laughs) Panic buying only hurts all of us, literally all of us, including you the next cycle around. The fortunate thing in all this, because Ashley had texted me, was like, hey, what's going on? I said, just do normal. We have plenty of gas in this country. Worst case scenario, you have to go a day without it. I Mm -hmm. mean, we're we're in good shape. And sure enough, 
I just I did not deviate at all. Mm-hmm. I'm on my normal cycle of mm-hmm. getting gas, and I just went and got gas when I needed gas, and I was yeah. fine. And I got gas on my lawnmower too. Like I, yeah. I didn't have to do anything crazy. Well, now because you didn't have to do anything so crazy. So I feel like we're going to need lawnmower gas. And yeah. Now I feel like there's almost a stigma. I thought about You're telling Zach like to go to go to like, drive get the, it, take the lawnmower like, down there. I feel like I'm going to be like yelled at. <laughs> Because I'm no. filling up the gas can and I'm like, this is literally for the lawnmower. Yeah. So then it created a moment of, let's say, somebody that's in their normal cycle of needing gas that day. Yeah. And then you're like, well, God, I got to go get it because all these crazy people are yeah, going to buy true. all the gas. And so this then you true. had folks that are having to go in the middle of it because that's their normal time mm-hmm. of needing this normal amount of gas. I saw jokers filling up giant tubs mm-hmm. and stuff in the back now, of the truck. Now, Zach so works in Jefferson County and had no problems and did not have the same type of conversations over there with his coworkers. Mm-hmm. So he thinks that Walker County handled it a little differently even than, like, say, the west side of Jefferson well, County but you could did. take you could probably take a poll of people in Walker County that watch typically conservative news mm-hmm. networks. They're the ones that really were telling this message. Right. So it makes sense. I mean, if that's what you're watching yeah. all day. Because he said it would like no one saying. was really talking about it at his store. Because it's day. not a real he, thing. He had no trouble and nobody was talking about it. Yeah, so Whereas dub- I feel like here, that's all we were talking about that one If we could just day. do a blanket statement, um, Americans, we, we've built something awesome here and we certainly have our flaws and they're certainly rising to the surface more often than not these days. But we have an abundance of things we're not going to run out of things. <laughs> we're just not. You and can so bank in, on that in America. Man, I'm telling you, America, I'm making you a political promise right now. <laughs> we won't panic, run out of things. Panic buying is never good for you or for your neighbor. And I've I realized in 2020, most of you don't care about your neighbors. So right. I've given up so when you're that. thinking about that. But it doesn't help you. You're only going to cause a disruption in a supply chain that you rely on. So just stop. Panic buying is always stupid. You're always stupid for doing it. And so, I'm off my soapbox now. Well, you said the key word for our conversation of your neighbor. Love your neighbors. Because our guest, Reverend Cobb, has a lot to say about how we treat our neighbors. We're going to listen to and, we're gonna listen uh, to what he has to say so, here. Uh, so great guy. I had a good interview with him. And here that is. Our guest today is Reverend C.J. Cobb of First Christian Church here in Jasper. How long have you been over there? About four, four years, you four said? Four years. Okay. Four years uh, this coming May. And came down here from, was it Huntsville? Was Ma- that? Well, I live in Madison, but yeah, Huntsville. Yeah, oh, I, you still live in Madison? Oh, yeah. I okay. drive back and forth every, at least once or twice a week. How so about that? He's a crazy person. We learned this <laughs> yeah. at, uh, at the onset. Um, so still in Madison. How long have you been a member of the cloth 1966. That's longer than I've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bye. barely, Bye. barely shy of well, my mom's what, birth I was, year. I was just a teenager and I was licensed. Then, then I, okay. then, then, then I went off and, and did some wild things like managed shoe stores and stuff like that. But uh, ended up at Sanford University for, yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, then I went off to Wake Forest to go to seminary up there. And uh, yeah, as you can tell, that make, makes me a, a, a uh, Southern Baptist. That's where I, my, I was. I, I always, you know, what I always tell everybody, I was Southern Baptist till I learned to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, so you're talking about as a teenager, uh, you were called into the ministry. Uh, Am I yeah. understanding that Sixteen years old. Wow. Okay. So wow. how does that happen? There's usually a story there uh, about no, you just. I, no, I don't know. It just sort of like I didn't. Nobody I, was, tapped you on. Well, the Well, no, it just like uh, my my daddy was a. 
my daddy was a, a farmer and worked uh, in Redstone Arsenal, and he was a, you know, he was one of the old country fellows. Never went to church a day in his life. My mom made sure that we went out every every sure. Sunday. You know, she, the mom's always the one. Uh, yeah, daddy could, uh, you know, he he could uh, he could drop a few, you know, when he got angry, he could drop a few, you know, nice colorful <laughs> words, but. Um, uh, but it just seemed like somewhere along the way, it just seemed like that's what I was supposed to do. And then I got I got married and went off to school and all this kind of good stuff. Then I ended up uh, divorced. And when you're Southern Baptist and oh, you're yeah. minister and you're oh, divorced, yeah. you know, you're just sort of kind of, you're not going to make it. You may be a pastor of a church, but you're not going to make a living at it. Yeah. So I went into the aerospace industry and spent there for about 25, 30 years. So. Anyway, so you worked um, up in Huntsville, you said. Bivocational. I always, the uh, last uh, t- nearly 30 years, I've had a church and worked in the aerospace industry at the same time. Now, you I'm retired a- officially from the aerospace now? Or are you yeah, saying, I'm okay. retired. I'm okay. retired, yeah. I, I, I left uh, 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 two years ago. Okay. I worked on the pa- the last thing I worked on was the Patriot program. So yeah. So, yeah. And you were so, telling us before that you worked on the space station. I worked on the space station from '92 to 2001. So what part? What was your role I was with the space logistics? Station? Um, okay. uh, basically, I was uh, the person that that made sure uh, items got moved where they needed to go, and the parts got where they needed to be, and the tools got where they needed to be, and take care of a. Uh, of uh, time-sensitive material and that kind of stuff, but um, my, of course, that's not my educational background. But uh, we were so short of people up there. Every once in a while, they'd give me a drafter and make me do some semi-engineering kind of things. But uh, uh, but you know, there's there's I, I arranged uh, critical design reviews and that kind of stuff. So basically, you know, just whatever needed to be done at the time. I had. Uh, uh, I, working with me for me, I had twenty material handlers. So you know that that's basically just moving stuff back and forth to the shop, out you know whatever. You know, there's so in. many aspects to like to that to the space stuff. Yeah, going to space right. is hard. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You think about the people in the control room, and you think about the people who have to actually sit on the thing. But I mean, you don't think about a mechanic out so, there turning yeah, screws. There are so many people that it takes. I got to, a good story for you. You'll off. love this. We had a uh, we had a, a, a the manager of uh, manufacturing. He had a um, he had uh, a uh, car issue on his car. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, a bolt had broken off in the, I think it was the head, I'm not sure which, and, and he was out there and it, all the water leaked out on the ground and it was just it was just a bolt broke. It wasn't like a crack block or anything like this. So so the, the shift got over, so he goes outside and he says, uh, he, he knew that some of the guys in the mechanics were, were pretty good. So they took, the, they took the kid, one of the kids off the floor and said, hey, and, when, and they were mostly all kids. I mean, mm-hmm. they really were like uh, under 30. Yeah. And he said, uh, uh, can you, you what can you do with this? I've got to get home. He goes, oh, I can fix that like that. So he goes out, takes his drill, drills the hole out, did, takes it out, you know, retaps it, puts it back in. And the guy goes, man, what did I owe you for that? He goes, nothing. It came out of the shop. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably uh, that's probably some sort of a federal, uh, federal rule about that, isn't well, it? But basically, when you when you go order stuff, you order uh, that you you order stuff in bulk. Some of the 
nuts, bolts, screws, washers, yeah. that kind of stuff. You you order mass quantities that you know you're going to need. So it's uh, just a, you know, they call it usage. Right. You know, so you, if you <laughs> drop it by the wayside, yeah. it yeah. just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, that one just sense. got lost. Yeah, that, that one just got lost in yeah. the trash. <laughs> so you started, when did you start um, working the NASA uh, stuff? 92. 92. 1992. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so you were in that field. For right at thirty years, you said. Oh well, uh, now see before that, before before ninety two, in, in nineteen eighty, when the sh- first shuttle went down, uh-huh. uh, that that spring, I went to uh, went to work for Boeing, and we okay. we, we built in Huntsville, we built uh, a B one B simulator, uh-huh. and. Uh, a KC-135 simulator. Those are a KC-135 is an oil, oil tanker that, okay. that 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 fills up uh, fills the planes up it, on on flight. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so I worked those two for um, oh, a couple two or three years. And then there was another program in there. But hey, you know. But then I went to then I went to the space station, and um, I don't know if y'all know how much you know about space station, but every United States pressurized module. That's up in space right mm-hmm. now was built in Huntsville and tested in Huntsville. I'll be. Yeah. Every, now going to be the home of Space Command. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, er, yeah. So. Every, yeah. Well, hey, they've also got a huge, uh, huge uh, FBI presence. In, on you remember back in the day we used to talk about the space station a lot more and you would do these science yeah. experiments yeah. and things oh, and yeah. they uh-huh. would say this was going to go up on the space uh-huh. station and stuff like uh-huh. that. So it was. The I space mean, station we, was a big deal. Yeah. We, were in school, we talked yeah. about it a lot more. Which it was, than, it was pretty fresh, I guess. Yeah. Well, at least these things are like. They're about the size of a small mobile home. Parts of them. Yeah, are. I believe it's that. A, uh, Fourteen feet in diameter and thirty-five feet long. So you were with you were with Boeing for how long? Well, I was with. That's when I was. I was a subcontractor to NASA from Boeing. Yep. And so. then you went over to actually officially work for NASA in the nineties, yeah, yeah. and then you stayed there until the yeah. to the end of yeah, that career. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so so all those little little items up there are all uh, you know all were tested and built in Huntsville. And then we brought in the Europeans and the Russians helped a little bit and you know cut costs we, and all that kind of good stuff. We left off the beginning when we brought in the Nazis. Yes. Von Braun. Yeah. That was that's another good story. Okay, I'm here for a a Warner von Braun story. Oh, this is a good. This is yeah. Let's go. Okay, so uh, there's 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 a couple of old buildings up there. One's 4708. It's got it's got a clean room, and the clean room is bigger than two gymnasiums, and it's and it's got down. You would love this. It's got down pressure so that any any dust or any dirt or stuff is sucked into the vacuum cleaner on the the (laughs) sides. Can you build that (laughs) into a house? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so so you you walk the hall. I was walking. In the halls there, and I looked, and there was a sketch, and it was all kind of faded, you know. What is this? And there's another one here. And I looked down in the corner, and it and it's a handwritten Von Braun uh, sketch, sketch and, and and diagram. And so I went to him. I said, "What are y'all doing with this stuff out here in the hall with the sun's defaded yeah. and everything like that?" It was just on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. you know. So I I, I I sat there for a while, and then it just kept, you know, it's just sitting there. And then all of a sudden. Couple of weeks later, there was a whole big old massive bunch of people coming in and taking it off, <laughs> putting it in a little. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is a little more important than taped yeah. up in the hallway. Yeah, it had a. It, it, one of the sketches was a a, 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 a ship that had gravity. Mm-hmm. It had yeah. a cir- it had a circle and, and was spinning. I mean, yeah. he had designed this thing, you know, where you where you, you know where that as you. Go, uh, like a, you know how a merry-go-round uh-huh. is, you know how you, uh-huh. you you're pushed, you know, it tries to sling you off. So artificial gravity with a something that 
you know, a large, large merry-go-round up there. I'll be. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a quick history lesson for anyone that's not familiar with Werner von Braun and uh, the race we had with Russia. Uh, so after at the end of the World War II, um, the United States and the Soviet Union at the time, uh, we fought over all the best Nazi engineers mm-hmm. so that we could win the space race. Well, so, there was a moment where um, there was a literal race to get to them. Yes. Because, and, and so I we, mean, if they had physically put their hands on them They were first, coming with you, yeah. yeah. And some of them were running. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we relocated many of them to America. We forgave yeah. their previous sins, and we said, get well, us Well, we said space. they didn't have sins in some cases. Well, we they said, had sins. They all had yeah, sins. We said, yeah. we said that Warner Von Braun didn't know anything about those cars. So, so very, very funny. There was a show in the last few years. It was on Amazon Prime, I believe, with Al Pacino, where it was it was an alternate history mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And they were a group of Jewish people that were um, hunting down all of the Nazis that they had brought to America. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool storyline. Yeah. Right. Not true at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like assassins, and they were like, we're not forgiving them for their sins. We're going to find them all and kill them. And Werner von Braun was in the <laughs> show. Yeah. They kill Werner von well, Braun you in know, the, the show. Ju- the Jewish yeah. uh, state, state of Israel d- did have, I don't know if they still do, but did have a group, especially in, uh, centered around South America, uh-huh. that rounded up uh, some uh, Nazi uh, yeah. and carried them back yeah. to Israel and tried them. Uh-huh. So that that you know yeah you know, it played a, off of that. You know, a what bit. you call a, a, that's called poetic license. Yeah, yeah these guys were. <laughs> I want to say Al Pacino's character was like a real wealthy New Yorker, and he had like headed this up. Yeah, and he was getting all these Jewish assassins trained up to go around the U.S. and find them. It was a really cool alternate storyline. Yeah. But I, but but yeah, I, I've 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 done just about everything that a person could do for a living somewhere along the way. I've done it. You name it, I just about yeah. have done it. You know? So we we shot people into space, and so now um, you're trying to shoot them into heaven. I guess. Oh, well, is, no, uh, no, I'm not, I'm, that, not, I'm not. I'm trying to get them to love one another here on Earth. <laughs> Amen. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Jennifer, talk me, about talk about the article. You are in um, because I feel like most people probably so you, the first Christian church. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And so take me through a little bit about um, because who was the guy who who preceded Jack you? Baldwin? Jack Jack Baldwin, Baldwin. yes. Yeah, he, he, and I, he tried to explain this to me. So tell me a little bit about the first Christian and what that belief system, that core set of belief system is, you know, as opposed to, and I know there are certainly some crossovers, but how it's different from, say, a Baptist or a Methodist. That okay. history is very okay. unique in the beliefs, okay. right. right? Well, well, uh, the disciples, mm-hmm. the disciples were, um, were the, the first or one of the first homegrown uh, denominations on the United States. It didn't. It didn't come from Europe. It's mm-hmm. so, and it and it and it boiled down to uh, a bu- uh, circuit ride of preachers back in the day when there was not enough Baptist or mm-hmm. Methodist or whatever to have a have a ch- uh, a church that was that denomination. The the, the 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 disciples decided that it would be a good idea just to everybody to meet marry them together and and, yeah. and, and, and they'd call themselves Christian and they would just preach and basically that's what they did. So that's how it got started. We're cousin. We're 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 fur distant cousin from the the Church of Christ. Okay. We split up in the early 1900s. Guess why we split up? Uh oh. Talk music. to me. <laughs> Music in that, church. Yeah. That piano you had yeah, in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so they split up. One went really ultra conservative, and mm-hmm. one sort of middle of the road to the to the left a little bit. But the disciples, uh, we, we we get a lot of our materials uh, uh, in uh, in. Uh, Conjunction with Methodists, so mm-hmm. a lot of our, you know, all all of our literature and stuff are published by the the Methodists. Uh, the difference in us and the Methodists is, guess what? 
the baptism. baptism. We we dunk them. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we we have no creeds. A lot of churches would would have you know creeds, the, the, the uh, apostles' creed, the Nicene mm-hmm. creed, and so forth. We don't we we do we do use them in worship, but we don't call them like creeds. Uh, our our basic statement is no creed but Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so lately, you know. Uh, I keep I keep harping on everybody tells me you know what you ought to be to be a Christian mm-hmm. you know you know you know everybody's got a list you right. know do all these guys checklist yep. checklist checklist I got I just got two two just only two things you got to do talk to me love your neighbor as yourself okay <laughs> and I love like the that. God Lord your God with all heart soul and mind anyway so so somebody says somebody comes up to me not long ago and they start talking about uh, you know they got to do this got to do mm-hmm. this and I said well maybe we ought to get the first two right before we start about all this little knit noise stuff <laughs> <laughs> so you've been in the church how long the first Christian church uh, just did, oh, oh uh, since 1994 okay. I pastored the uh, first Christian church in uh Coleman. Okay. okay. I interim pastored in Athens, and I interim pastored in uh, in uh, Madison. Okay. So so that's where I've been these last few years. And then you've been here in Jasper. I think you said four, four years. years is, correctly. Four years. Four years into this month. Yeah. And commuting down. Um, so you're definitely here on Sundays. Are you? Do you always I'm here, a, and I'm I'm here during the week too, the week. As, okay. as needed. Plus, yeah. but, but see the, all this all this uh, you know pandemic kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm on Zoom. Yeah, I, I Zoom. you ain't gotta go. You, you can stay in Madison. I, I, I Facebook, and 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 the bad thing about it is, you know, pastors go to the hospitals and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. funerals and mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, it's one of those kind of things where hey, you know, yeah. you you know, yeah, visitation yeah. can't do you know, it. No visitation yeah. anymore yeah. in hospitals. You know, yeah. So. So I, I do a daily devotional every day, or uh, at least I have the past four years. I'm not not so good at it right now, but I, I do it about three or four times a week. Uh, I had to, uh, back when the pandemic began, mm-hmm. I couldn't go visit people. Mm-hmm. So I have, uh, about, I have about 70 short stories that I have written, and I start sending that out to the people. I have Wednesday night prayer, and we call it prayer and BS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> BS stands for Bible studies. Ah, yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway, so uh, and we we've had anywhere from about seven to maybe so I think we've had as high as thirteen on Wednesday night zooming in, and we uh, face uh, FaceTime. I mean, not FaceTime. Uh, live stream on Facebook on mm-hmm. Sunday morning, and we're we average about early on, and everybody gets tired of yeah. you know something. Early on, we were having somewhere like 200 to 300 people tune into our live stream, mm-hmm. and now it's somewhere 80 to 150 on Sunday, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. along the way. Now, mm-hmm. that, that stays up for a week, and it kind of gets... And so right. It's passed around it, a little bit. They call it through play. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but anyway, hey. I, anyway, so... But uh, but anyway, back to where we were. Back in, uh, back in March of uh, 19, I think, Mar- mm-hmm. right yep. when you talked, when you told me... Um, there was a lot of a lot of things going on about LGBTQ mm-hmm. in the community, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the Methodists were were, were were struggling with the with that problem. Or that uh, they still are. They yeah. still are. They're about to split. Uh, well, that was that was one of those yeah. things back in the day. Uh, and I, uh, you know, somehow or another, there 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 just seemed like that was not quite right mm-hmm. to, to me. And we started talking inside the church. And, uh, you know, we said, well, what would happen if we just said, hey, y'all, come on. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. why, don't, why don't you 
Love your neighbor as yeah. yourself. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, the Reverend uh, William Barber, uh, Dr. William Barber, he's a black uh, African-American uh, minister in my denomination in North Carolina. He puts it this way. He says, why is it that we in the church speak so little about what Jesus said so much about, mm-hmm. or the Bible says mm-hmm. so much about, and so much about what the Bible says so little about? That's a pretty smart guy. (laughs) (laughs) And this is going back to, uh, for the uninitiated, uh, the fact that Jesus, now you can correct me, you the expert, but um, in the New Testament, there aren't many, possibly not any places where Jesus is specifically asked about Mar- like the same-sex marital issues, no, right? It, it is those not. are it's those not. are mostly Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. Those are Old Testament, and um, and and, and you got to remember that the Old Testament has been translated out of Hebrew. The New Testament has been translated out of Greek, and the best the best Greek translation we have, the the most original Greek translation we have, is probably from 200 BC. The best. Uh, the best Hebrew is is is, but they didn't put they didn't even put uh, vo- that Hebrew didn't even have vowels till in the uh, medieval period, and so uh, and you know you the we we have a, a Greek Old Testament that was came out of about about uh, uh, in the in the um, uh, about two two hundred BC you know mm-hmm. anyway so so you know so. Everybody thinks that the King James Version is it. Well, right. well, that's not the word. And a, a lot of the words that are used in Greek, in Greek anyway, or had to do with pedophilia, mm-hmm. and it's been translated, and and you know, mm-hmm. it's been translated in such a way to where that it sounds like same-sex relationships. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. Now, uh, what you guys did is y'all y'all voted. This was a formal vote of the yeah, church. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, not yeah. something you as, as no, the yeah, pastor yeah, well, did. I didn't do, uh-uh, so uh-huh. the church y'all y'all voted, and the official term of it is that y'all became an open and, and affirming, affirming congregation. congregation. And, and now, as I understood it when we talked, so. I would say that most churches in this area, if, if say, I had a female partner and I showed up at their Sunday services, they would not, hopefully, not necessarily turn me away at the door. They would allow me to come in and sit through the services and whatnot. But if I were to say, I like this church, I want to become a member of this church, I want to see about possibly becoming some sort of a teacher in this church, those doors would be closed to me. Uh, because I would still be living a lifestyle that is sinful in their eyes. So what you guys do by being open and affirming, I mean, all those barriers are down. You can can serve, right? You can serve. One of my good and how many did you say y'all had? How many people once y'all made that uh, decision? How many people? Well, we didn't do find it. A home? We, we didn't do it for that. Sure, but uh, but I mean, let's just be real. There are people who were looking for got, a church home that couldn't about, find one. We've got we've got about uh, twenty twenty maybe more or less. Just and what and wouldn't that? I mean, they ha- they were looking for a church home and, had, and couldn't right, fine. couldn't find we one. We have we had seven baptisms that first year. And we had uh, seven come forward in baptism, and we had uh, three, four people move their membership, so to about eleven. But like I say, that that's sort of that's numbers. And I remember you and I talked that this was not so. In some places, like the Methodist Church, it would be more of a 
a, a change, you know, say in in the outlook or in the teaching. With you guys, it wasn't a change. No. This is already who y'all were as right. a denomination. Well, this was just kind of formalizing in this day and time on this particular issue. We're letting the world know right. that we are an open and affirming right. con- congregation. Basically, I think where, where you're where you're going is that. Our church has an you you decide for your own self. We also one of the hard things we say is we don't ask you to check your brain at the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, we expect you to accept. We expect for you to 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 have faith, but we also expect you to have have understand science right. and understand that that, that 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 we don't we don't chunk science out. So you know, I mean. I won't go That'd be in. pretty hard for you to do working at NASA. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But but you hard know, to, so, hard, so, to get it, hard to get the space on faith power so, alone. So for instance, so for instance, just for instance, uh, the creation story. Mm-hmm. It, w- most of us would say the creation story says who did it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the story. Didn't who say did how. It? No, no, you know. However, the, the Creator wanted to do it. That's right. They did it. Yep. It was only that, that those words were only written down supposedly by Moses. You know, right. and we're talking about 1300 BC. You know, so wait a minute. You know, the whole point was these. This is a book of faith. Uh-huh. And by the way, back to where you just said about sin, we we also I, I can't speak for everybody, but my my take is that is that if you talk about scripture, anything. No, Jesus is the Word. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the Word of God, okay? So anything that goes against, in the Bible, that goes against the teachings of Jesus mm-hmm. does not hold the same authority mm-hmm. that the words that Jesus spoke. You know, the little red letters? Right. Mm-hmm. The red ones. <laughs> you know. Remember the red so, ones. So if it goes against the love, that, uh, the love of God that Jesus showed us and the Christ showed us, if it goes against those, it does not have the same kind of authority that, 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 the, that, the, that the love of God shown in Jesus Christ does, shows so us. So you're, you're reminding me of my favorite Gandhi quote ever, um, which, where he had his take on Christianity. Oh, yeah, ever yeah, seen yeah. It. Ah, but, yes. uh, paraphrasing, it basically says, I love your Christ. I don't like your Christians. <laughs> your Christians are nothing like your Christ. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're nailing exactly where people have reservations about the church, about coming to Christ, because we're all so flawed, and right. we don't paint the best picture from time to time. So I think you're you're nailing where you should focus. It's Christ. What How did he behave? Right. What did he do? Right. right. And, and, you know, you can look around and see the diversity out there everywhere. Mm-hmm. You cannot you cannot deny in nature the diversity that you see. Even Paul, who I don't care a whole lot about, <laughs> but even even Paul. We have a separate episode <laughs> of <Yeah>. Paul. <laughs> even Paul, he talks about the body of Christ, the church being the body of Christ, and, and then we're not, we're in other words, we're diverse. Uh-huh. You know, our ear uh-huh. doesn't do the same thing our eye does. Uh-huh. You know, you know, you know. So wait, our foot doesn't do the same thing our hand does. You know, so even even there we see diversity, and everybody wants to. Everybody, the most segregated hour in the week mm-hmm. is the worship service on Sunday morning. Yeah, you know, because we don't we don't like to be with someone that's not like us. That's right. You know, we really don't. Yeah, but 
some, and I think I shared this with you a little bit ago. One of the uh, uh, before we got started, I, I said when we first started, uh, I would go out in the parking lot and people would come, and I was afraid that if somebody came, they would get chicken and and leave. So I would go out in the parking lot and grab them, hug them, and grab them by the hand and talk to them and just drag them into the church and <laughs> put them in the church. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so that's one way of getting. Yeah, them. that's one way of getting yeah. them in. So anyway, so uh, one of the ladies that that's a member of our church now, I, we were having a, a planning meeting, a church mm-hmm. planning meeting, and I looked down at her and I said, you know, you don't know how, what, and, and when you're planning, you, you know, you, you get different ideas sure. than you do from just, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, Jimmy and Joe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I said, you don't know how much you have enriched us and how much we, we love having you as a part of our church. And she looks up at me with a little tear in her eye and says to me, we're just so glad that you would have someone like us. Right. Hmm. You know, another question I always ask: When did when did when did I be- decide that That's I was? It. When did I decide I was a heterosexual? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. When did we when did we choose it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. You know, and and who would choose to be uh, have a lifestyle where you were thrown out to the you're thrown uh-huh. out on the dump? All now the time. you were raised in a in a different denomination, a different mindset, though. Yes, so was. when yeah. it was there a moment that you can say you as an individual kind of started thinking about things in a different way? Because I know you were taught differently yeah, 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 if you yeah. were raised. In I think Southern I think Baptist. I think probably when I went to, to Sanford and started really reading. Uh, uh, I, you know, theologians and such like, and when I learned, when I, when I was able to, you know, translate Greek and Hebrew and all that kind of stuff, <clears throat> I had some uh, real loving professors down down at Sanford and bunch at Wake Forest also, and and you know you it's a <clears throat> you evolve, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, and and I think that whether we want to admit it or not, I think we all. Have friends that are LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and family, yeah, right. and yep. family, friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just that's just a, that's just a thing of life. You know, that, that it is said that there. You know, like I say, I think ninety percent of all people in the United States or in the world are born right-handed. Ten percent mm-hmm. are born left-handed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that's about the same amount of people that are LGBT. My dad, I remember this. This is one thing that did. You asked me that question. My dad did. Tell me this: We had an old country doctor. I don't know if y'all know where New Hope, Alabama, is. I, do. I know the oh, name. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> Outside Huntsville, a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, so so my, we had this old country doctor. His name was Doctor Carpenter, and he he had his office in New Hope, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a doctor in a little town about you know five hundred people? Anyway, so <clears throat> he my dad had talked to him, and, and apparently one of the children in the community had uh, exhibited. Uh, 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 this was back in the early '60s, oh. late '50s. You know, mm-hmm. exhibited uh, tendencies, yes. right. we'll which which would have been an illness then, uh, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So my dad went into the doctor's office and he said, "Doctor Carpenter, tell me, what do you think about this?" Now this is an old country doctor mm-hmm. in the okay? in the late '50s, early or '60s, 60s yeah. in, in, in rural Alabama. <laughs> and not only that, he was also the county commissioner. Wearing <laughs> 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 wearing a couple of hats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so he said, he said, well, Wallace, that's my dad's name. Wallace, uh, I'll tell you this. He said, uh, it's sort of like being born left-handed. It's mm-hmm. something that you got to live with the rest of your life. You're born. Isn't that, that something? Mm-hmm. That's quite enlightening for that era. And a little old, a little old town yeah. 
Now you you're from Wart Cardinal. Cordova. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, we little. I'm not quite 500 little, but I'm little. Yeah. You know, but you think about a doctor in town, say your size. Yeah. Oh, I remember the doctor in my town, and he wouldn't have said that. But that, 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 which you, you concur with that? Jim. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he wouldn't have said that no. in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Said yeah. That. But you know, so so the thing is that it's something that that I have grown into, um, um, that I have grown into because of the way that I perceive who Jesus is mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. God is. Wow. Here's a, here's a good one. So we're in this room here, everybody. It's it's, it's a small room, but mm-hmm. let's just pretend that we have a, sh- a a black sheet over the top of this. Mm-hmm. Over top of us, mm-hmm. and there's no light in this room. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm stealing this from Plato, by the way. Anyway, so 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 we close all the doors, we shut all the windows, and, and there's no light in here, and there's this big black sheet above us. Okay, so one of us, we'll take you, Jennifer. You take a you take a pen, you know, a pen or a needle mm-hmm. or whatever, and you stick a, a hole in that big black, you know, right. canvas. Okay, all of a sudden there's a beam of light coming down through here. Well, in my mind. That's all I know about God. Mm-hmm. And I've been to seminary. Uh-huh. I've, you know, I've studied uh-huh. all my life, whatever. Uh-huh. And so that's all we know. Now, there's some folks up there that's probably had a big knife and cut a hole in it and probably seen more of it. And But there's some up there that may not even have a hole. They're still looking uh-huh. at, the, at the dark sheet up uh-huh. there. You know? So, so, so as that hole gets bigger, you know, as you go along, right. you might understand that loving your neighbor as yourself means something a little bit different right. than what you thought it did mm-hmm. when you didn't have the hole. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those kinds of things where you need to, need to understand that Jesus told us to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and another thing I, I think is cool is that everybody thinks that Jesus was a was a was was was, was conservative Bible thumper, but he wasn't. He was out there wanting people to change. And if you want to stick with the status quo, that's conservative. But if you won't change the way that Jesus brought about change, and so and he was he was a big social justice guy. If you don't believe it, read Matthew 25, 24, 25. Uh, you know, feed the hungry, you know, clothe the naked, give people something to drink, visit them in prison, you know, take care of the sick. You know, those are all the things that Jesus said. Not only that, Jesus said it. That, that if you're going to get to heaven, you better do them. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, I'm not arguing. <laughs> you go, you, you know, you love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, that's that's another thing, though. You, you got to like yourself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the problem these it days. Be. Plenty of people having a hard time liking themselves, so then they just take it out on everybody else around them. And <laughs> you, I, we've you, got social media platforms now that make that just such a weapon for folks. And, now, did y'all have yeah. any sort of, I know even as we did that article, um, there was a concern that y'all might have some sort of a backlash from the public, not necessarily from the congregation, but just from the public. Did y'all ever have any issues? In ter- did y'all ever feel any sort of like a security threat or I anything like that? I didn't have anything on Facebook. Okay. I, mean, no, I wondered about that no. after after the article so came when you, out. So when I the article wondered. came out and y'all put a sign out kind uh-huh. of telling and how welcoming you are, well, my family owns a business a couple doors down. Oh, I know. Well, yeah. Yeah. Toulouse? And, uh, and I, looked at my, I looked at my brother-in-law when all this happened. And I said, we just became the second most progressive establishment on 4th Avenue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got beat by a church. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but. And the sign specifically, it says y'all's pronouns. So yeah. pronouns, yeah. as yeah. we yeah. know, yeah. how you identify. Yeah. So as the church, y'all put out a sign. But that's that what Jesus pronouns. said. Pronouns, we, us, our. Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. because church, you, the church long time ago had a little slogan, uh, the little church with a big heart. 
But no, it's the it's it's that wh- wh- wherever you go to church, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be family. Right. 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 You know, it's supposed to be we're supposed to be there as one group, mm-hmm. you know, and one mindset to worship and to be a be a, a community of faith mm-hmm. and as a family. You don't you don't get gay and lesbian LGBT out of your family. Mm-hmm. Right. I hope you don't. Some I do. hope. Right. <laughs> Some do. <laughs> Some yep, do. It's true. But you know, uh, it's come, it's come a long way in the last you know fifty years since mm-hmm. Stonewall. I think it's Stonewall. Yeah, anyway, so it sounds come, like this has been a positive experience for y'all as a congregation yes. to to do this. Yeah, and 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 by the way, you said we voted unanimous. Mm-hmm. That's right. I I unanimously. That. You know, this wasn't this wasn't so, this wasn't something that we just you know. And y'all talked about it for a while. Well, and so right. y'all talked about it so that so that if someone comes from, you know, a different side on that issue, they've been a long time, you know, member of that church, but they just feel differently. It's not something that was imposed upon them. Y'all had conversations. Sure. Y'all dealt with this as a congregation, yeah. the back and forth of of the topic and things like well, that. Well, we had to because right. because everybody was going on vacation. It happened during the summer school break yeah. and everybody was going on vacation. And so we had to keep that on the on the burner mm-hmm. the whole time until kids got back to school, right. so that we had everybody there to mm-hmm. talk about it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but you know that 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 is it was a big thing. You know, it was it would just happen like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the but the thing uh, you know we're not the, we're not the only church that's mm-hmm. open and affirming. We we may be in in Walker County. I don't know. But anyway, right. uh, but. Uh, you know that you have to you have to sort of make a statement, and I think we we put together. I, I saw I saw one on this is I saw one online, and I took it down and I copied and pasted. Of course, y'all don't do stuff like that. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do <laughs> not. not for those who are for <laughs> those who are double checking my stuff. <laughs> anyway, I, we, I saw I cut and pasted it on, and then started. Then I started to, to, to tailoring with this thing to, yeah. to meet to meet our what we sound like. You know, whatever. In other words, I didn't. We didn't start from scratch. We mm-hmm. we took someone else's right, and, right. And, and 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 then kind of wordsmithed it to make it to fit our. You know, we tailored it like you would a suit. You know, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so I gave it to the folks. They this sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, nobody the weird nobody. And back to where I had never married a, a gay couple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my whole life. I'd never married a gay. Couple. Have you now? You've... I have now. I'll but be. It, it's so it's so weird because you know, I, you know. 25, 15, even 15 years ago, I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I would have welcomed LGBTQ, but I wouldn't have done a, we- a wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and then as Well, I, it couldn't have been called such. Yeah. It, it couldn't have been recognized. It, would have be it couldn't have been yeah. recognized yeah. as yeah. such, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yes, I, I, and the weird thing also about the, the, the church, almost, I think every one of our new folks that are coming are all women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're married couples. You know, back to here's a good one for you. So, so I don't know where you go to church, but think this for a minute. Think with me for a minute. What would your church say, okay, if there was a, a LGBT couple came and moved into Jasper, and they moved in from some big town, mm-hmm. and they were and um, they were independently wealthy, right? Had a nice big big place over on Smith Lake, mm-hmm. and one was a musician, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and uh, had a, had 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 four teenage children. Okay, mm-hmm. and they come to your church and said, uh, "My wife, you know, my, uh, my, we, you know, 
w w you know, when, when they will just kind of work their way into we would like to get involved in your music program. Mm -hmm. And by the way, guess what? We tithe. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know what? Uh, you know, we, we knock down a million dollars a year. So that means my tithe will be, you know, $100,000. Yeah. Well, you think you could accept us into your congregation? I'm think, guessing this didn't go so well. <laughs> I think you just started another episode about tithing. You see uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it, has a, it has a tendency to change its... Yeah. You know, we have four teenage kids, good jobs. We'll uh, overlook. Musical talent, money in the bank, nice place on the mm -hmm. lake. It makes a little difference. Right. I well, mean, you know, not, you not, none of my folks are like that, but you know, yeah. Yeah. a conversation that I had with a mutual a mutual friend of ours. It was around this time, and I remember, and and he knew several several of the women, some of them may who have ended up in your church. But I remember him saying that um, maybe they had just moved into the area. I don't remember, but she was married to her partner. They'd been in a committed relationship for a long time. Had gotten married. We're looking for a church. Um, reached out to one of the churches that they thought might be a little more welcoming just based on the website and some of the things that they saw and but they didn't want to cause controversy uh, you know they didn't they didn't want to rock any boats or anything so they reached out to the pastor through an email and they just said this, this is who we are as a couple and and we're interested in in coming to your church and we just want to make sure um you know that you don't think you know that that that's going to be okay. We're just we just going to introduce ourselves before we come to our first service, and the response they got, you would think on on the loving aspect, you would think um, it hit some of the marks, but also they basically requested, why don't we meet for a lunch or something, and really, really just hash this out, and they never they never agreed to that lunch because. They knew pretty much what they needed to know, because if I say had said, you know, hey, I got my husband and my little boy, and we're thinking about coming, I wouldn't have been asked lunch. Mm -hmm. I would have been asked to show up on Sunday. We well, also wouldn't have felt the need to send an email to ask permission to come. Well, right? yeah, am I wrong? You don't know. You don't know as much of my story as you think. You do. Uh, there are a few places that I might give a heads up that I'm coming. But uh, but. Yeah, so, right, just, you know, they were trying trying to be respectful. Were, again, we're going back to the era when, like you said, they weren't sure where they would be welcomed or where they would not be welcomed. They took a chance on this congregation would be, and the response they got wasn't blatantly, you know, we'd never have you here, but it was much the same that they had experienced before. Like, mm -hmm. and, they, and she imagined, I think, that they were going to be, okay, so we'd love to have you, but just so you know, um, and I believe this was non-denominational because that's the cool uh -huh. thing, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. Non-denominational, you think, is yeah. more opening yeah. and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, everybody has lines, everybody <laughs> has rules, everybody has to decide what they mm -hmm. believe, what they don't believe, and that was going to be a line for them. They could pretty much guess yeah. it that they were going to be allowed to be, but they weren't going to allow to be active. Right. Um, and so. They, you know, like I said, they didn't take that long. Don't lunch. ask, don't tell. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which, uh, <laughs> that didn't really work well for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't use that one. <laughs> hey, but you know, uh, one, of my, one of my conservative friends, when this all happened back in the, I think it was, maybe it was 2015 when, I, when it was the, said that you had to marry. Yes. Same-sex yeah, marriage. Yep, was that, yeah. yep. mm -hmm. So one of my good friends, he's a deacon, he's real conservative, deacon in a church, and he said, 
he said, uh, well, I'm glad they did that. Mm-hmm. I said, really? He said, yeah, they got to suffer just like we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> you know, they're not going to get by but, with it. Right. Hey. <laughs> we need more of that, though, lighthearted, even if you don't necessarily feel the same way. That was a big topic. I know from a ministerial standpoint, you know, it's it's whether a minister performs a service, whether it has the official blessing uh-huh. Of, uh-huh. of the church, but... I think at some point it just became so clear that from a civil standpoint, um, this country had absolutely no, no right to withhold uh-uh. withhold uh-uh. licenses anymore. And now you see where we are. Um, you don't even have to. You don't even have to have like you go down yeah. um, to courthouse. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's a and contract. It's a, it's a, piece, it's a it, piece of paper. It honestly should have it's always been that way. I always yeah. felt like marriage was between you and your spiritual mm-hmm. leaders anyway. Right. The government, you're just filing some legal paperwork so you can share well, property and health. Well, I don't know. That's right. The main I mean, thing you like since yeah. you're married to someone, they can yeah. take care of you when you go to the hospital. That's right. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, that's something about the LGBT community. Uh, they couldn't. A, they couldn't it, even no, do it. They couldn't. They couldn't be decision they makers. Be, they could be thrown out yeah. if, if somebody you, died. You know, we don't. We don't. Someone have... that shared their lives together for forty years yeah, and you had nothing to do with them at, at their death. Yeah. It's, well, it's I think we discussed this before. You know, James. James married me and Zach. And I think so, I knew this. So yes. we had no we had no church at the time, and I certainly didn't want to be married by a pastor I didn't know. Yeah. And James had his little licenses, and so you so know what's what's the difference yeah. between. What I did, getting married uh-huh. on a baseball field by then, not at that time publisher, but current publisher of the Daily Mountain Eagle, and what they were being asked yeah. to do from strictly from the civil standpoint. Yeah, right. right. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I didn't ask for quote the church's blessing on on my marriage in any way. I just got married. He signed the paper. I signed the paper. We were married, uh-huh. and he assures me that if we ever divorce, that I have to go through a formal divorce hey. <laughs> uh, because I, because when all that started coming down about. Um, you know how they were going to do the paperwork and stuff like that. I I got a little curious because I was like, Is this I mean, real? Are they gonna Are they gonna like you I know check it. James's certificate or something? But he assured me that uh, one of the couples you're, he you're married yeah. divorced and they oh. had to go through a formal hey, divorce. Yeah, yeah they, they, they they just didn't get to say you know what it was illegitimate on yeah. the face of it because James Phillips married us, so there I, should there should be no legal ramifications. I had here. a young kid. He was in his I say his kid. He was in his early twenties. He was getting married and they come to me for counseling. You know. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and uh, so the kid, the kid asked me at the, on the last. By the way, how much do you charge? Uh, you know, how much do you charge to marry someone? Mm-hmm. I said, well, tell you the truth, I don't charge anything to marry you. I just hold the license for six months and I t- charge you a thousand dollars to tear it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably get some takers on the first six months or two. I didn't know there are some pastors that won't marry you unless you do counseling with oh, yeah. them. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's that, pretty common. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. something that I learned mm-hmm. way, yeah. way after the fact. I think I might would reevaluate that um, if I were a pastor in this country with a divorce rate where it is. I'd be like, yeah, you know, that counsel's not really been working yeah. for us. Well, Maybe we just. <laughs> Just bypass I, that. If the kids are young, uh-huh. you know, if they're really yeah. young, you 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 almost talk try to talk them out of yeah. it. Like, now, wanna, don't you want to wait a little if, while? If they're old folks, you know, like uh, your grandparents won't get married. Uh-huh. Now wait a minute. Now, yeah. Why would you want to uh-huh. have even even if you're over over 35, mm-hmm. 30, 35, You know, if you if you've already. And been living together and all this right. kind of good stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, hey. Do you sure you want to put pen on paper here? <laughs> but no, you know, but you don't really need to. But if, if kids are in their early 20s, you know, you really need to make them make sure that they know a little bit more 
if they haven't already. You need to I make think sure. I was 22 turning 23 when Zach and I got married. I was 25, six, yeah. 26. Yeah. So yeah. There, there you Did go. you know what you are getting into? No. <laughs> I still don't. No. <laughs> I still no, don't know what I got into, and she certainly doesn't know what yeah, she got herself we're, into. We're looking, at, we're looking at 12 years, and uh, uh-uh, we're, we're in the stage where we ask each other. So what? if you knew how these past 12 years would, would <laughs> have gone, would, would, you, would you still have gotten married? <laughs> and it's just kind of crickets sometimes yeah, when we yeah. ask each other I that don't question. want to insult like, you by answering right, that. I don't want to hurt your feelings right now, but my answer is not absolutely. See, uh, divorce has never crossed my mind. Yeah. Murder, maybe. Murder, yeah. murder, murder. <laughs> Divorce so, has never yeah. crossed my mind. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's, well, this was this was good. This was yeah, this was, was enlightening, fun. refreshing, and I think we See, look, we have a tendency. We talked religion and politics yeah. and, and a space station. And nobody, yeah. nobody, and nobody ran out of here screaming. We, so, we have a yeah. tendency in the South to just fight about this stuff, so it's refreshing just to kind of, hey, let's just be nice to our neighbors because that's kind of what we're here for, neighbor. right? Love your neighbor. Yeah. There we Amen go. That's that. our ending message. I'm good. leaving her out there. Love your neighbor, everybody. Love your neighbor. Hey, Sounds I, like an episode. I, I, also, title. like you know, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, you know, that's the he's the he's the key. You know, mm-hmm. that's the, love <laughs> your neighbor. Change your cardigan out when that's you get right. in the house. Take your shoes off. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for coming in, uh, and yeah. speaking with us today. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're back, and we'll apologize once again if you had a, a little more difficult time listening to to that conversation audio-wise than some of our others, but, you know, that that happens in the podcast game. Uh, we had a good talk with him, though. He, he had a lot to tell us on a lot of different things. It's refreshing. Um, he's a really smart guy, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of those you could probably get on some topics, and then mm-hmm. you would get lost immediately mm-hmm. because he's so much smarter than you yes. on that topic. I have that uh, feeling. Yeah. But was a great guest, a great message. Honestly, what I think kind of Jesus has built on, he mm-hmm. kind of gets it. Like it's love your neighbor, be good to folks. Well, and that issue, um, we didn't get into it as much as as I thought we might. But on this particular issue, um, I feel like I mean, you talk about the scriptures, and you talk about you talk about a big picture. Let's say. Mm-hmm. But the conversations that I've had in the last few years on this issue have been way more about the individuals involved and, you know, the people who, uh, you know, legitimately have, have embraced who they are. They have someone that they love, but they also want to go to church Mm -hmm. and, they don't just want to go to church and sit. They want to do the things that under other circumstances the church would encourage them to do, but they know they're not going to be welcome everywhere yeah. um, because they have lived experiences that are very different from, say, your experience or my experience. Yeah. So um, so at, at the end of the day, when I talked to him two years ago, that's that's what I felt they were doing is they were opening the door to people who genuinely wanted to be part of a church family but they didn't want second tier status. They they wanted to be part of a church family. Yeah. And so this particular church opened their doors and, and said, you can do that here. And so they have a place to go now, those families. This is something this is something I formed opinion on as a kid, really. Um, so I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. Uh, my dad was actually chairman of the deacons of that church for quite some time. And obviously they're a more conservative body than I would probably label myself as mm-hmm. today. Well, one of the things I noticed as a kid, and I'm talking, I might have been like 11, 12 years old, and I noticed just straight up hypocrisy from the Southern Baptist Convention. 
was there was a lot of boycotts of Disney at the mm-hmm. time, specifically yep. related to having gay pride parades at mm-hmm. Disney World. Right. And I'm literally at the same time, there's this wave of uh, what would Jesus do was really popular. Mm-hmm. People wearing the bracelets, you're wearing the WWJD mm-hmm. on your wrist. And so literally, as a kid, going to this church, I'm wearing this bracelet, and I'm like, okay, so these people are living their life a certain way. They want to be accepted. Let's say that I do believe that they're living their life the wrong way, mm-hmm. that what they're doing is wrong. What would Jesus do in that scenario? And I immediately came to the conclusion was he wouldn't boycott them. Mm-hmm. And that was my moment where I was like, wow. okay, we might be getting this wrong as a society because at the time, society as a whole really kind of reflected what the Southern Baptist Convention was doing. Mm-hmm. It seems we've gotten over that right. uh, at this point. But that was really, really tough for me. Then as I learned a little bit more, you get up in sixth grade or so and you get a little beefier lessons in Sunday school at 12 years old and then up into 13 years old and you learn um, who Jesus's friends were on mm-hmm. this earth while he was here, specifically Mary Magdalene, uh, who literally like dressed his body after his Mm -hmm. death, was one of his closest friends. Do you know what Mary did as a career before Jesus? Um, She was a whore. She sold her body for money. And I was like, so not only like conceptually, what would Jesus do in the eyes of something he views as the wrong thing, literally, Mm -hmm. what did he do? He befriended her. Mm-hmm. He he showed her nothing but unconditional kindness. Right. He cared for her. Uh, how do we miss that? How is that a I'll lesson you, that we're not it's just seeing It's an seeing issue I struggled often, with so. several years ago in, in one particular circumstance. And I remember going to somebody that I trusted who was a minister because... Again, it goes back to people for me. It goes back to to a face, to an individual. And I just kept thinking about this this one person who just exemplifies love, has Mm -hmm. throughout my entire life, Mm -hmm. lives a different lifestyle than Mm -hmm. I live. Mm -hmm. And I just really struggled with the idea that I was in some way more acceptable in Mm -hmm. a church situation. And like morally superior. at the end of the day, this particular church knew nothing about how I lived my life outside those particular walls. Mm -hmm. They knew nothing about... About anything about but me, but they knew personally. only outside your but family looked right. But I got a pass exactly yeah. because I had the right optics. Yeah, and so then I just kept thinking about this other person. I just kept thinking about what because she wasn't in the same church that I was. Right. But I just kept thinking about the idea that she would be judged in a different way. And Absolutely. I just came back to I was like, you don't understand. She's like a ten times better yeah. person than way I better. am, having a way, way better, better impact person. on the world, right? <laughs> I just happen to have the right look about me yeah. right now. Yeah. And I'm not joking. I really, really struggled with that. Those that, are the that moments one, we learned that from. That one thing yeah. can just define her in mm-hmm. someone's eyes. Mm-hmm. And then, so like I said, that's, that takes you down the slippery slope because at some point, you know, I'm going to be in that situation too. It's not going to be that particular issue, but at some point there's going to be something about me That's it. that makes yeah. me unacceptable to you. But, uh, but, but it's a hard one. It's a hard one. And, and I understand I do, you know, I was raised in a Pentecostal and, you know, I understand people who genuinely believe that's a line that, that they just can't cross mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of, um, you know, they don't want to be hateful or mean to someone but they do believe that it that it goes against the central teaching you know that right. it is a sin like i get that you know everyone but, isn't necessarily who's, who's a bad teaching? person who believes that i think they need to ask themselves whose central teaching right. is it 
that that's um, a pretty important question. And then, you know, like I said, because the, there's so many, it, it, the because now, as we discussed a little bit in here, the issue became, so can you, as a minister, can you perform those ceremonies? Right. Can you, can you bless those marriages as a minister and that kind of a thing? Um, so... You know, a lot's changed. Um, I, I know if I was a member of that community, I would think change had come quite slowly in mm-hmm. this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a lot of other people, it feels like a lot has changed very quickly. Well, I would say it's been kind of a light speed over mm-hmm. the last 20 years. Yes. Um, but then the prior, what, 200 mm-hmm. plus, it was pretty dead gum slow right. to come about. But, so. uh, but yeah, we you know we just had him on just because I as I mentioned I interviewed him two years ago and was just curious. I've never attended the church. Did talk to Jack Baldwin back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Baldwin talked to me a lot about their church, but um, you know have no personal connections to him. But just he was a good guy to talk to two years ago, and I think the same today. He was he was just a fun guy. Good conversation. To talk to. And uh, he just kind of he also I think just exemplifies just someone. Who just wants to focus on that love aspect just, of what he, he does? He just cares. He just cares he about just, people. He just wants yeah. to know. Um, on top you know, of that, that you're that he's there for you. On top of that, I'm fairly certain there are a lot of topics we could breach with him. Um, <laughs> obviously, he wants to talk about Paul. That's mm-hmm. a thing, right? He was Paul. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of opinions on yeah. the man formerly known as Saul. Yeah. Um, um, I'd be curious to know what his thoughts are there. I have a book called Jesus Feminist. It's it's by an author that I that I like very much. Um, Jesus and one of her Feminist. Jesus, Jesus Feminist. Yeah, it was her first book. Um, it's not nearly as as controversial as you would think from that particular um, title. But one of her entire chapters is something along the lines of, "So here's my problem with Paul." <laughs> Because you know, a, a lot of a lot of those those Paul yeah, letters Paul. are where we get our our teachings about women, uh-huh. um, which is getting a little closer to my story, and uh-huh. we should probably cut this off now. But uh, but yeah, Paul Paul Paul, uh, Paul cuts both ways, man. He he's a he tricky does. he's a he's a tricky guy. Hey, don't ever Bible. trust it. Don't ever trust a guy that goes by two different names. Yeah. Don't trust him. Yeah. So tell me, Jen, you breached the topic. What book are you reading currently? I'm reading about four books currently. Um, well, tell me what four they are then. Let's go. So one is a YA book called Tristan Strong Destroys the World. Okay. Uh, this one is interesting. It basically takes African-American folk heroes as opposed to Greek um, folk heroes and and populates this world uh-huh. with them. So that's a fun one. And then uh, the other one's called Little and Often. That's about a guy who lost his dad and then starts building a canoe with his tools. Um, okay. He, he operates a winery, so he's a very successful man. Um, also, oddly enough, based on our conversation today, happens to be a gay man, which is where some controversy uh. between him and his dad come up. But once dad passes away, he doesn't get to kind of get that closure. He builds a canoe. Uh, what's another one? The other one are two uh, two fiction books. One's called The Alice Nets Work, which is about a group of female spies in World War One. Okay. And the other one is The Giver of Stars, which is about the pack horse librarians from uh, the WPA. So we oh, WPA paid women well, specifically yeah. to ride around through up and through the hollers of Appalachian countries and deliver books during during oh, the Great that, Depression. That intrigues. And it's a fiction. It's it's a true. It, it's an actual thing, but it's a 
fictional book. Is this commonplace for you to have four kind of going at once? Four is a lot. Th- two is is, is norm? more normal. How does that work? Like you kind of are you are you getting stagnant on one so you switch it up real quick and switch storylines? How does no, this work? No, it's you? because my my reading my reading is primarily driven by like your um, mood? the library oh, the okay. library app, and so I put holds on things. And the holds come in, and sometimes uh, you know you can you can have it to be d- borrowed later. Uh-huh. But I just love me some books, and so when yeah. a particular hold comes in, even though I already have like two others uh-huh. going, you know I was just... like, so I, like I have a schedule. Like this may drive some people crazy, but I can tell you exactly what day I'm going to finish each four of these books because I know how many chapters I'm reading per day, and I know where that's going to get me because I also have to deal with that library deadline. So I have to get those books checked back in. So here's what I've just learned about time. Jennifer is yeah. that she's a, a panic library app book buyer. Mm-hmm. That's what you are. You're part of the library book problem mm-hmm. in America. I, I don't buy the books. They're on the I library. know, but you're, you're, if you have it on loan, can someone else have it on loan at the same time? Um, not that particular book, but you know, the library app, they may have three copies of the same book. And it'll tell you. It'll tell you if like one person is okay. waiting because I'm not letting you all the way. When off the your hook. loan, when your loan ends, you can't renew it. I need to research this more. Yeah, and I'm going to look into it. You yeah. might be. And then I'm I haven't even talked about my Kindle situation. Conclusion: yeah. You might be a part of a problem. You might be because what if I wanted to read the librarian WPA book? Right now, well, the physical copy is sitting in the Jasper Public Library. I'm not talking about ebooks. No, I only wanted an ebook form, and I've got it on my little wish list. But mm-hmm. Jennifer's over here hoarding four books, and I can't get it. That's so, what the only you, book? What are you advocating for? One book at a time. The only book I want to read. One book at a time. I don't know what I'm advocating for. <laughs> I just think you're a part of the problem. Well, I tell you shortage. what, I'm waiting on this digital book. If, if it comes through before I finish America. these, I'll be up to five. So John Boehner's audio book, I have a hold for yeah. his audio. Yeah. I'm book. in on that. I'm and in on John. So book. if it comes through, I don't care if I haven't finished the other four. So it I'm sounds like you're doing a mix too. You're doing some fiction and mm-hmm. then some fiction that actually kind of derives itself mm-hmm. in truth. Yep. Um, and then you're not you don't have a political one going right now. You got John Boehner queued up. Mm-hmm. So I'm similar to you. I like to, to throw a fiction. A political, and then I've gotten to where I'm reading like entrepreneurs' books. Yeah, um, which now I'm an audiobook guy. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really has to do a little bit with my attention span, just and to just to be mature enough to sit down and read a book, frankly. Right. But the other is I found so much time in a day that I can can, can consume. So audiobooks. you just so. admitted that I'm more mature than you are because I oh, can yeah. handle four yeah. books yeah. and way. you can handle one audiobook. So way more there mature, you go. way yeah. more mature. Now I do have. I always keep a physical book that I'm peppering through, yeah. which I've got to bring back your... Did you finish uh, it? The book. Obama book? No, I've picked at it. I think that the the letters too, mm-hmm. I picked at it. I don't think I'm going to finish it. I don't that think I want to read one. all the letters. I'm having, I'd have a hard time reading them all, I think. I, I, I'm not giving <laughs> up. I'm not giving up. Um, audiobook right now, uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Oh, yeah. Founder of Nike. Yeah. That's an Fantastic. old book. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how old it is. I'm still in the 70s in the book. Um Something I've learned. So um, more recently, I read uh, I read Tony Shea's book, The Founder of Zappos. Mm-hmm. I kind of did a shoe thing. I didn't mean to, but yeah. I did. Um, 
and then who's that I read before that? There's something before that. Something I've learned about these successful entrepreneurs is one, they're they're driven and they're intelligent. Um, but two is they're always like next to financial ruin for most of the early days yes. of their companies, yeah. which makes me feel a lot better about our little small business my family yeah. has here because we're not quite on the verge of financial ruin. You know, obviously we're mm-hmm. tight. We spend a lot of right. money. We overspend from time to time mm-hmm. to try to build something. Um, these guys, whoo, they yeah. fly close to the sun before they right. make it. So that's a thing. Um, really cool book. Really getting to know the story of kind of how he started. Yeah, and I remember where his when that book came was. out a few years ago. There was a lot of buzz. There was yeah. a lot of buzz around it. It's a cool book. It was, I didn't know. You know, I remembered. Um, I don't remember, but I, I knew of Nike kind of blowing up in the '70s and mm-hmm. starting to have Olympic mm-hmm. athletes and stuff. I didn't realize like his genesis story back as far as like '63, '64, really starting this thing mm-hmm. and the era in which he was starting it. And like in Japan, where we had literally like 15 years earlier, just bombed them Mm -hmm. a lot and killed their uncles and grandfathers. Nonfiction is my area. If 10 years ago, if you'd have talked to me, the last fiction book I read probably would have been like high school. Like I, yeah. like I had no conception of contemporary fiction whatsoever. But you're back now. But uh, yeah, I I do read way more in it. Um, yeah, there was. I do a little fiction from yeah. time to time. I have a hard time finding. I'm telling the ones you I though, want. the Libby app really, really, I really started. I got to get my library card. And then and the on. Kindle. I think I might have mentioned this. So every month on the Kindle, you have access to the the Prime reading catalog. So I can get mm-hmm. up to ten books for mm-hmm. free at any given mm-hmm. time. And then every month you get these first reads. So they throw out like six or seven titles that are going to be out in the next month or so. Mm -hmm. And you can download one of those titles for free at the beginning of every single month. So I'm I'm there with my Kindle, June 1st. Open it up. It's the first thing I'm going to do that day. I'm going to look at my titles and I'm going to get me a book. Or get you four books apparently on the library apps Mm -hmm. right here. Yeah. No. So I'm shoe-dogging it. It's a good one. Mm Mm-hmm. Political last political one I did was I did Obama's memoir, which is really good. That was very interesting. Those tend to come out in the fall. Yeah, it's really it's really yeah, odd absolutely. to get the big heavy hitters like yeah. in the spring. So that was interesting to me because I was I'm interested in mm-hmm. U.S. politics. I listened so to Boehner. He did an interview with Axelrod. I'm interested in Axelrod, and so um, he's just. He's just that politician that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you imagine him they sitting can't. there with his brand, you know, with his thing of whiskey and his cigar. And he's just telling these stories that just don't get told anymore. And I was like, his audiobook's got to be awesome. He can't exist anymore Mm-mm. because our politics now are lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. It's how we operate. Yeah. And he called so the Tea he Party. Can't, he can't be real. The Tea Party Uprising, which is, as you'll recall, his own party. Yeah. Um, but he apparently refers to them quite frequently in, in the book as knuckleheads. Knuckleheads. Uh, yeah, he and Ted Cruz never got along. Mm-hmm. So, one uh, of the faces of that Tea yeah, Party. He, it just, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about that one. And on audiobooks, the few that I do listen to, I love when the actual person reads it. And so if someone oh, else yeah. was if someone else oh, was reading yeah. his book, which would have been rare considering it's a, a memoir type thing, I would have been less interested, but I want to hear him the, tell those stories. The so. two best for me of the of the narrator doing it recently, Barack Obama reading his book's good because yeah. Barack's a fantastic orator. And then Matthew McConaughey reading his book. That's that's an experience right there. Well, he's an actor. So he is, he, he but he's playing the role of Matthew of himself, McConaughey yeah. quite well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, those are some books. Uh, that's our episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. We've got to chase down a guest. We haven't discussed any guests past him. So I'm just going to go out and chase somebody down and be like, hey, you want to be in? It'll be surprised to both of us. Yeah. So.
So there's no know. lines we can't cross now that we've done we politics and religion. We can do it all now. We threw that out there. Doors we have wide opened open. the door. So yeah, I don't know what to expect. So y'all shouldn't either. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll see, see y'all guys. next time. Left on Red is a DME Media production. Copyright 2021, Daily Mountain Eagle.